TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Our goal is to win, for Christ's sakes. And you keep talking about the CBT. You keep talking about prospects and your long-term goal. Like, you just basically told us we ain't good enough. We suck. You let us down. Angry Lou. Angry Lou. A hole the size of... I don't even know what in that bullpen. Keep playing like dog Recall my manager, Lou. Go get me a goddamn first baseman. That's what I want. I don't want an outfielder D8. I need a first baseman. Okay, Lou, I'll ask you something. What? How do you go into the season without a closer? How do you not address the closer situation? Lou, what's up, dog? Good, how are you doing? Good. Well, it's always great to have you here, Lou. That's right. We go from one great chat on the Harbor One Hotline to the next. Joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline, the one, the only, Lou Maroloni, who just walked the dog and told me some things about the Red Sox defense that I was well aware of, but illuminated them in terms of their struggle. Once again, Lou Maroloni is brought to you by Shaw's. Shaw's in Star Market, where you can win free groceries in their Grand Slam Summer Sweepstakes. Lou, I feel like I would have no idea... How many pounds of chicken I'm able to get for 97 cents if I wasn't listening to you in the Shaw's Red Sox radio network all the time? Well, that's just the way it is, right? It's a beautiful week. Sometimes it's fruits, vegetables, the seafood. You could always go there, by the way. Get great recipes at the counter at Shaw's. I mean, there's a lot of things we can get down here, boys. There is, except here's the problem. I find out from you what's on sale at Shaw's. I run down and get as many steak tips as I possibly can. I go home, I marinate them, I throw them on the grill. I flip on you and Castigs, or maybe it's uh, Rich Keefe and Will Fleming, for all we know. And I just listen to frustrating baseball game after frustrating baseball game. And now the Red Sox went 3-7 and seven during what we deemed uh, uh, the latest pivotal stretch in yep. their season. They're 69-65, six and a half out. They may as well be 16 and a half out as far as I'm concerned. But um, before we get into that thing I talked about with your latest Twitter video, I just want to just take me to where you were, like, how how close was your jaw to the floor, and how did you feel as you watched uh, the Barraclaw incident, as we will call it, in Monday's just absolutely stunning defeat in a game that they were up um, to the Astros? Yeah, it's one of those moments where, like, you know, you, you kind of, <laughs> as it's happening, you're sort of sitting and saying, okay, why is this happening? And then you're, you're frantically trying to figure out why this is happening. And, and you know, the only thing is, is I know Corey talked about it that night and the next day, whatever, you start looking at, like, usage. And you're like, well, Jesus, I mean, Chris Murphy threw four and a third the night before, you know. And, and actually after that game, I believe he said, like, job because he kind of helped reset our bullpen. And then the next day it seemed like it needed another reset. So, um, yeah, it's just, unfortunately, it kind of goes back to, what you were mentioning in that 
little Twitter thing I put out as far as the defense and this pitching yeah. staff getting worn down. And and one of the reasons why they're getting worn down is because, you know, the errors and the plays that aren't made behind them. And guys are throwing pitches that, you know, more pitches than they need to. They're throwing less innings than they should based on how they're throwing. And it all comes back to it. Lou, Correct me if I'm wrong, but in my mind, that incident that Fitzy brings up, where basically you don't have Cora saying, what else did you want me to do? But he's kind of saying, what else did you want me to do? Reminded me of Ron Renicky a couple years ago, literally saying, what else did you want me to do when he had nowhere to turn for a pitching staff? How does that happen to the Boston freaking Red Sox multiple times in a couple years? And why should I look anywhere else other than Bloom and the teams that he puts together? Yeah, I think, you know, um, I, I understand, you know, because I think last few years, obviously, it's been disappointing the deadline. And I think that's always been a point we kind of look back at and just say, you know, did Heim go out and do enough? Uh, this time here with Core, like, I heard that too. Like, you know, Core is just sort of like throwing the game here and throwing it back in Heim. I, I, I refuse to believe that Alex Cora, August 28th, is going to just throw a game to prove a point. Um, I wouldn't put it past them in April or May, but not in August 28th when they're like two games out or three games out and holding on by the skin of their teeth. You know what I mean? That he's going to go out and do something like that. I think, you know, the whole thing of how they got there in the first place, people saying, you know, they should just grind this thing out and everybody should be available. And well, the reason why they were at that point the other day is because they were grinding it out. You know, Nick Bavetta had a start and then two days later came back and threw out of the bullpen two days later. Like, all these guys are extending themselves, and they just got to the point where they said, well, we just can't do it today. It's either Sale and Barraclaw, maybe we can get to the eighth and get to Martin and Jansen. If not, it is what it is. And that's where they were at at that point. Yeah, you got it's not like it's the World Series where you're seeing somebody, like, say that they're available two days after a start to throw an inning or two. Like, we're not dealing with Randy Johnson or Max Scherzer or Nathan Evaldi here. We're talking about some guy that's on his seventh or eighth eighth team. It was just, it was stunning to me, Lou. It was it's. I, I think it's going to end up becoming like a term where somebody just is, you know, mercy killed in sports for the benefit of the team or in a tragic defeat, and you know that's that's how we'll think about the the Barraclaw incident as well. Barraclaw. Uh, yeah, you got Barraclaw basically. You got Munson or you got Wally Pipped. You've now been Barraclaw. Yeah. I mean, it was awful. I mean, it was. Yeah. Embar- I think they should have. The Red Sox should have given all the money back to all the fans if they're going to subject them to that kind of thing. It's like they or they should have donated it to the Jimmy Fund. It was. Brutal. I mean, it's a series where if you go two out of three, at least you're only a couple games back as teams like the Mariners surge, Tampa's back on track, the Orioles are awesome, the Blue Jays are stumbling, but again, the Red Sox seem allergic to long-term success this year. Where do you think the, what do you think the mood is now in the locker room, in the clubhouse? It's September 1st. you got one month left of the season, 28 games to go. You had all these players from Kenley Jansen to Raffy Devers, one of the only times a reluctant spokesman for the team that he is with his $330 million deal, spoke up and said, buy in on us. We need reinforcements. And Bloom is like, I'm going to save for the future. And they don't. So how frustrated do you think they are internally at this point now with a month left? Well, I think with a month left, you are where you are. You know, and you, I mean, you're still going to play your 30 games or so, whatever. Maybe it's just under. A lot of guys, this is when he starts getting somewhat individual. Baseball is an individual game in the first place. You're Adam Duvall. You like to hit a little more, you know, hit for some more power and help you in the offseason. You're all these other guys. Everybody is just sitting there saying, okay, I need to go out and play a little bit better that will help me in my future. And that's the nature of baseball. And if everybody does that, then you go out and you win some ball games. I think some of the young kids will get an opportunity to play. I just feel like that's kind of where we're at, and that's 
where that clubhouse is. They got enough veterans to know that they still got to go out there and play, and they got to win ball games. And it starts in Kansas City, and and how they can impact the race too. You know, I mean, I think that that's they're at that point where it's like, okay, let's knock Tampa down. You know, maybe let's make their you know their job a little bit harder to win the division, and then some of these other teams. It's just unfortunately, it's where they're at. Lou, you sat in this chair for long enough, so you know a lot of things are bandied about, theories, ideas, whatever. We get them on the text line, the Twitch chat. Yeah. One that keeps popping up in, you can call it ridiculous, I just want to know what your reaction is, this idea that maybe Alex Cora is actually trying to get fired. He wants out. What do you think of that? Yeah, no, he doesn't need, I mean, all he's going to do at the end of the season is says, I want out. Like, I mean, you know what I mean? He doesn't have to go and lose games to, to want out. So, I mean, it, it's a kind of a discussion. They both, I think, have a year left in their contracts, and it's like, you know, you hardly ever go into a, a year with um, one year left in a deal. So it's like you either talk extensions or you talk exit strategies, mm-hmm. right? So yep. I don't think he needs to throw anything. I don't think Bloom needs to do anything stupid to get fired because he wants to or Cora needs to because he wants to. No, if they want to, they, you know, Bloom, I don't know. But Cora, if Cora doesn't want to be here next year, he won't. So do you think? You know, I mean, so it's just that simple. Do you think uh, both of them are back? Neither of them are back, or which one would you say is back? If there is any sort of uh, power structure change? Yeah, it's. <laughs> I have no idea about who's <laughs> going to be fired, who's not going to be fired. Okay, so I can tell you that right now. Um, I've been asked that question like five times, I think, here <laughs> this year. But uh, I, I don't know. Like, the, it's all about ownership. It's all about John Henry. It's all about these guys and where they feel. Like this organization is like, yeah, this year was bad. Were there some good things? Yeah, there's some good things. You know what I mean? Was it, is it enough? Like a lot of good things happened. Yeah, a lot of good things did happen. But um, you got to look at the minor league system and you could say it's improved. Sure it is. Well, if you don't trade anybody and you get the draft every year, how the hell is it not improved? You know, I mean, most teams yeah. are trading away their prospects to better their big league team. And because of that, their system is getting lower in talent because they traded it away. So, of course, you should pass them. So it was just, yeah. there was just a lot of that, you know, going on. And it's, it's I don't know, we'll see. I think I still think Alex Cora is a good manager. You know, but I, we all know that. It wasn't Terry Francona. Yeah, and look what happened to Terry Francona. He loses control at the tail end of a season. Some players act out, act like idiots, but not in the 2004 sense, get drunk, eat some takeout food, and next thing you know, Terry Francona is the subject of a scandalous article in The Globe. He's out and on his way to Cleveland, which is still a shame to this day. It worked right. out for Farrell. Here we are with Cora. I agree with you. I love Alex Cora. Uh, I think he's vastly underappreciated and does a great job. And look look at the work he's doing with such an unevenly put-together roster, a roster you told me last time we talked on the Midday Show was not a real roster, was not a real team, but just a, a disparate collection of ballplayers who could play at the pro level, but many of which were being asked to either play out of position or play more innings than they were used to. So you kind of get the team, the results, and the season that you ask for when you run into such a yeah. situation. Um Lou, I wanted to know, uh, okay, so tell a Red Sox fan, if you will, uh, who's frustrated, and we have fielded so many calls at night, middays, and more this week from frustrated Red Sox fans. Get rid of Henry, sell the team, Bloom's got to go, Cora's not having a great season, et cetera, this team sucks. They don't, but it's frustrating. What is a Red Sox yeah. fan watching for down the stretch in the final month? Uh, well, I, I think it's just a continuation of you know some of these guys, somebody like Trevor Story, kind of like playing, you know, getting healthy and swinging the bat the way he can. Maybe you see Sedan, Rafaela, William Abreu. You see these guys throw the ball a little bit more. I mean, listen, if you're out of this thing, I'm not going to give 
if I'm not giving Bayo many more starts if you're out of this thing. I'll give him two or three more. Okay. You know what I mean? It's like yep. You've been riding that dude all year long because the older guys can't stay healthy. So what am I going to do? I'm going to run my rookie into the ground, the guy that I'm actually going to ride in the future? So, I mean, this, this, you know, it's just it's baseball. Like, for me, I don't care that they're out of it. Like, it bothers me that they're out of it, but I'm going to go do a game and enjoy it because I love watching baseball. You know what I mean? And you're still going to have – there's still pitchers out there. There's still a product out there. There's still a good team. Now, it's a good team until they make two or three errors that don't make plays in behind them that remind me how frustrating they are as well. But it's still a good baseball team with guys that can swing the bat. They still have a good bullpen. And now with the off days, you're going to see, you know, hopefully you don't get embarrassed anymore. So <laughs> now, there's still some entertainment in watching these guys. It's just I think now it's maybe some young guys you want to see. Lou, what have your initial reactions been to uh, um, Rafaela and Abreu in terms of young guys you know, that might be part of the future? Raphael, I haven't seen enough of, you know, and I haven't. I've seen more highlights and stuff on defensive highlights. So I yep. think that's exciting because it's nice to actually have a prospect that actually appreciates defense that can play it, which is nice. Abreu is really impressive to me, um, more so than Emmanuel Valdez. Like Valdez was a guy that I think the first time you look at a minor leaguer who can swing the bat, everyone kind of gets a little bit too excited, especially when people compare him to Juan Soto. You know, and, and it's this kid – is a different level of Bray, in my opinion. The way he controls the strike zone, the way he swings the bat, he can actually play defense, mm-hmm. which, again, is a nice touch for baseball players these days. And he's got a really strong arm. He can play three outfield positions. So Abreu is a guy I really want to see a lot more of, and I think can be in the mix next year. Hey, it's a Red Sox-focused segment, obviously, but we won't have a chance to speak to you on the midday program between now and and when the Patriots season kicks off in just nine days. So I want to punch out on this one, Lou. Give me your prediction yeah. for the Patriots record and who's the breakout star on the team. That's our big question of the day. Oh, jeez. I'm going to go uh, eight wins. You know, eight wins. It's funny. Like they're, they're actually very similar to the Red Sox, but they don't want to, people don't want to admit it. They're questionable GM and an owner doesn't want to spend. And just really questionable offseason as far as, like, do, don't you need tackles? Like, don't you need tackles and wide receivers? They had all this money to spend, they kept telling me, and they didn't go and do a damn thing. So I, I don't know what to expect, to be perfectly honest with you, but eight wins, I, I just don't – that offensive line is a complete disaster. And if you have a bad offensive line, it doesn't really matter how good your quarterback is. If you have a bad defense, it doesn't really matter how good your pitching is because mm. it just won't work. So to me, it's – I don't know, eight wins – he wins. Breakout star? I don't know. What's that young kid? Uh, Douglas. I like that go. dude. Pop Douglas. Yeah. Pop Douglas. There we yeah, go. Pop, Pop Douglas. It's, yeah. I like Pop. I like Pop. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. It'll be an interesting, interesting, uh, interesting fall and winter for the Pats. We'll see. It will be. And hopefully uh, yeah, the Patriots season is not over at the same time the Red Sox season is over, which is October 1st, 2023, after their gauntlet of <laughs> September. Lou, it's always yes. a pleasure catching up with you, brother. Appreciate it. I'll be watching all the videos as you walk the dog, listening to you on the Red Sox Radio Network, all the specials from Shaw's and beyond. You take care, brother. We'll see you soon, okay? All right, guys. Good talking. You have a great weekend. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Got clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.